Welcome to the show. We are here with Jenica and Jenna and Christina, and we're painting things. Christina's painting nipples <laughs> on, a, on a babe. Jenica, what are you painting? Mine's just kind of abstract. I don't paint as much as I'd like to, so I'm just kind of playing with color, and I'm going to see what comes of it. And then maybe later I'll also paint some nipples. Okay, sweet. Jenna, you're working on a little plaque, a repaint. Yeah, a little beheaded girl. You know, little saint worshiper. Per huge. As per usual. Yeah. Jenna loves the violated women. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a horrible way to introduce you. <laughs> I mean, you can go look at her Instagram. It's Jenna.Rose. Is yeah. that how it is? Yeah. And we were just talking about Instagram names, actually. And uh, Jenica, you're uh, modest malice. Yes, except I'm private, so you'll have to ask me <laughs> if you want to um, look at my life. What is Modest Malice? It reminds me of Modest Mouse. I know. Well, Modest Mouse was my favorite band in high school, so Sick. I think that was part yeah. of it. But I also um, just uh, have a fascination for the morbid, so I thought uh, Malice was a nice Modestly Malice. Yeah. Um, and so I brought you on here also because you're awesome, but also because you're studying stuff that I find interesting. Would you want to just tell me what you're doing? Tell everyone what you do. Well, okay, I'm getting my master's in communication at Carleton University. Um, it is located in Ottawa, but I'm currently in Medicine Hat because of the pandemic. So that's been kind of fun. And as for like what I'm studying, oof, like I, <laughs> I don't know, a lot of things. Um, I think my main interest is in social and political communication um, and knowing how to, oh, I'm trying to put this in the best way, mm -hmm. how to um, discuss things that are, you know, politically and socially prevalent and also understand the, the, the impact we have when we talk about things that might not seem as significant. So that's uh, very important to me, but I think so far my favorite project and um, one that I'm going to do a little conference or introduce in a conference was on... Um, public spheres, which are just like basically people coming together in public and talking, I know, and talking about um, whatever's of interest to them and, and the dynamic of that and how difficult it can be to make that work for all people involved. Oh my God, this is amazing uh, because I've been talking about, it's funny, public sphere, that's a very a term I wasn't using, but I was talking about discussion circles and creating yeah. circles and I, you know, um, so I'm working on right now at, for, through the common is offering discussion circles with different topics for men and women and for co-ed things as well, um, as well as doing some like therapy through that as well. Like we're working with a psychologist and doctor in the future who are doing certain treatments with their clients and then they're going to be sending them to us after those sessions. Oh, so amazing. But like in that, it kind of like evolved into like, yeah, hosting topics to allow, you know, those more difficult topics and giving people a space and um, container in which to talk mm -hmm. in like kind of an intimate setting where it's like no judgment, it's safe space, it's like, um, yeah, and I think it's super important for people to have those uh, elements because I think 
like mental health all spans from like feeling isolated, right? Oh, absolutely. I think like having community um, is so important. I can't, I can't express how much like from my own experiences and just from like my research, how much it matters to be able to find people that um, resonate with you and people that make you feel validated for who you are and also just having a space where you feel comfortable to bring up things that um, might not be, you know, like like easy or normal to bring up mm-hmm. um, and knowing that it's okay to do that and you're going to be cared for. I, I, think, uh, I think it can be hard to do at the same time, just like, um, I guess it's one thing if everyone has had a shared experience, like I know like survivor circles for people who've been... Um, sexual assault survivors like you've all gone through something similar like mm-hmm. or like AA or something um because you're kind of doing the same thing but but I guess my research and it's kind of where I'm headed towards but maybe I should just drop it my no, research is no, more no, like no, debating okay. and like how difficult it is to to um talk about contentious topics and have that go okay but if you're all there to support each other that's a little more mm-hmm. wholesome and probably um less likely to scar people <laughs> well Hopefully. I kind of like that idea too because like part of me wants is like down low not even down low like wants to be in politics at some point in my life because yeah. I like talking about contentious issues and I think in my own thing it's like I like to well I really appreciate actually Jordan Peterson's style of debate yeah. where he's very well versed in what he knows and he's like open to understanding and learning but as well as like like able to communicate his point of view and like find some common ground and that can always be like the goal is to like find the the patterns and the the commonalities as well as like and then talk about the impacts of like where you disagree I guess yeah absolutely do you like Jordan Peterson I actually was just talking about him the other week I have not really gotten into him obviously I've heard about him I know he can be a controversial figure but one of my friends uh was really liking him and so I try not to like have an opinion on someone I know nothing about so I just got her her uh input and heard why she likes him and also why she thinks he's why do you two think he's controversial like what's your opinion on why people tend to not Um, be sure of him big controversy like what made him famous was the whole pronouns thing at the college yeah. that he was Yeah, the UT, right. And I think that him being a part of that conversation is what kind of brought him to the forefront. Because he kind of pulled away from, like, everyone was, like, really, practice. really embracing this, mm-hmm. and then he kind of he said that was someone that pulled accuracy back. accuracy of language is more important than political correctness, because when we change the language that we use, um, it changes the way that we think. Yeah. And he just wants to maintain the... His argument was that he wants to maintain the accuracy of language, but... Huh. I find that um, he's kind of painted as, like, an alt-right figure sometimes, oh, but yeah, I don't is. find what I've seen about him, I, I don't I don't find him that way. I just see him as a maybe overly logical person, which is, like, there's nothing wrong with. But, I think um, he's, I, what I like I think about he takes him the is, humanity out of mm-hmm. the logic either, so. Well, and I mm-hmm. kind of like the logical side of it, because when people talk about personal development and stuff, people often use, like, kind of feminine things, like, you know, rest, relaxation, self-care, meditation, yeah. and all of that, whereas he talks more about, like, discipline and action yeah. and accountability and stuff. Which I appreciate. So when I, I like yeah. having both sides of the coin to be able to listen to and not always have to listen to, like, a feminine version yeah. of self-care. For yeah. me, for me, is like, the dad that I 
he's like a dad. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. okay, okay, dad, I'll listen nice to you. Nice stern advice. And so I found that extremely helpful in my mm-hmm. personal development. I because I was reading like Eastern philosophy, just like you said. Yeah. And like Eckhart Tolle is, if you've even listened to the guy, he's, he's not Jordan Peterson. No. <laughs> as much as I li- like Eckhart Tolle's stuff, but I was like, when I heard Jordan Peterson, that's just kind it's of like... It's not a tough love approach. No. And then another thing that you were saying about um, the logical side of things, he kind of like, I just want to, like it, he kind of talks about like, it's really based on like stoicism and like mm-hmm. that kind of philosophy old school philosophy oh yeah which the alt-right kind of mirrors echoes those ideas as well so uh, he attracted a lot of males who were like yeah and he directs his lectures toward like the young man who's aimless yeah Yeah. direction but it can be applied to anybody yeah well i think young men need that there's not a lot of people who talk about accountability and self-development for men exactly or like in a way that men can listen and not be like, this is too fluffy or wooey-wooey and I can't listen to this. I like that sort of I agree. Approach. I think that's super important. Like, I um, like that you just have hours and hours and hours and hours of content that you can just, like, go in and listen to, like, hours and hours and hours of lectures, which isn't always nice. I like people who have, like, a good portfolio of work. The dogs here are like loving Jenna and just cuddling right after her while she's I'm trying so to paint. I'm so scared to cuddle them in paint. They're adorable. <laughs> I'm gonna actually take pictures of this event. They so cute. Yeah. But no, I agree. I think, and not to say oh, like, water, like as you put it. Oh yeah. Oh no. Water. They like wanted water, and now we we sullied all the water for them. Um, but as, as Christina put it, like, uh, more feminine approaches to self-care, I guess. Um, and not to say that, like, men can't also absolutely benefit from things that are a little more, like, in the culture of femininity, like meditation or, or bubble bath. Like, absolutely they can and they should. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think it's absolutely marketed to women. And it does, like, kind of leave men out of the loop of having... Um, you know, a, a way to understand what they're processing and what they're going through and their hardships. Well, it's just like and branding, right? It's like you need yeah. like a, a bridge and like a personality that resonates with you. Absolutely. Speaks your language a little bit. And yeah. yeah. Like I found he spoke my language a bit because I'm spiritual, but I also have troubles with the, all those like fluffy terms and words. Like I feel like they don't resonate as much when yeah. I listen to them. I'm like... Yeah. But what is it? They're mean? not grounded. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, like, like, and he kind of is able to ground some of that information, but you have to get past the yeah the logicalness and like kind of just accept it. He is like I did like I was like pretty obsessed with it for a while. Like I went and saw his lecture in Calgary and Ooh. bought VIP tickets to his show. I was like just a fangirl for a bit there. Yeah. And then like I obviously got a bunch of information and I listened to the biblical lectures that he Those did, great. which yeah. I thought were really good. And then. I, so I put that down for a while, and I picked it, I watched, a, tried to listen to another lecture by him, and I was just like, he can get, like, because he's very analytical, mm-hmm. and he'll, like, dissect, like, literally everything to, like, the finest, finest implication of the, of the meaning, and, like, that's what I also appreciate him, but it can be, like, a lot if yeah. you're not, if it's you're not, like, dense. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally enjoy it because... Sometimes, especially when I'm, like, needing to hear that kind of thing, I'm in a very emotional place, like, yes. a very emotional logic place. Yeah. And he brings it back to, like, there's a different frame you could be seeing this from, and it's one where you're, where you have control. Do, do you guys ever place. think that in his um, analysis, because it sounds like it's very, it's very 
based in um, reason. Like, do you ever feel like he's lacking compassion for the experiences of others? Not at all. Not at all, Like, that's kind of what... Because I remember thinking when people were criticizing him about him being so logical Mm -hmm. and that they were putting him in the same lane as, like, Ben Shapiro almost, where, like, I do find that he He will logic the humanity out of a situation, but I find that... Yeah, I've seen him, like, a little bit... Like, it's kind of like that tough love thing where he just is, like in the face of, like, these emotions... Because, like, some of the arguments that people have with, like, whether it was... Like, a lot of it came out of the feminism and the and the gender stuff. He was... Mm-hmm. He would try and poke holes in the logic, mm-hmm. which I, like, agreed with in a lot of ways, and I think they were important points to make. But yeah. when he did that, it was kind of, like, overriding people's emotional yeah. responses yeah. to the topics. Yeah. But I, guess- I think that's kind of important to do in especially, like, politics and, like, to, like... Oh, not yeah. be fueled by emotion. Well, and I think and, like, it never hurts to have a counter-argument to anything. You know, I think if there's too much of an echo chamber and you don't have someone like Jordan Peterson being like, hey, what about this? Mm-hmm. Hey, what about this? I think we can go too far one way without having, like, people being able to sort of, like, check society a little bit and be like, you guys are going off the rails. And I think I like him because I tend to logic humanity out of a situation sometimes. <laughs> like, my brain will do that. I'll be like, well, just do this, this, and this. And... Mm. It'll be easy, but I know that because I like tough love. So when people give me tough love, I feel like I grow more from that than I do soft love or compassion. I know not everyone's like that, but I react well to that. So I find that I am like that with other people, and I like that he kind of validates me in a sense of like it's okay to be kind of tough love. It is helpful for some mm. people for you to be like that. It's not just that you're an mm. asshole. It's that you just help in a different way. Yes. And there are people out there who could benefit from that type totally. of help. Exactly. If that's how he does it, then I kind of understand why some people might be turned off by him in the same way we're like, I, I love having debate and I love reasoning. But if there's something that like I've, I've personally been very hurt by it, like I think you have to be in a real like state of mind to be willing to have somebody kind of critique and tear down mm-hmm. um, Our your experience. Do not like to yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's okay. I think it's okay to like not want that all the time. Like, sure, there be times where I'm open to having somebody be like, "Listen, I don't know if this had the impact that it did," or you might be like projecting like your feelings are valid, but is your is your expression of it valid? Maybe not. But, like, I think your audience always has to be reciprocal and open to that. And that's the trouble with, like, the modern day now and technology and just, like, the way we communicate and how open it is. And it's not a conversation. It's a dictation. Like, mm-hmm. podcasts, for example, are dictations. If there's people that disagree with us, they probably we're not going to hear about it. Um, and so you're, you're just kind of forced to listen to these people that you very well, like, might not be in a state of mind to listen to but they're having a real effect on others and then it creates all these mm. cataclysms of, of, of differentiating yeah it can be like a disconnect yeah yeah, yeah absolutely well, and that just because he's not helping you that it's not good for anybody exactly yeah. like I think it can absolutely be good for lots of people but I would also hope and caution that his fans like aren't unwilling to listen to to other sides or be compassionate that people might not want to be having their uh, that opinion ideas forced down the throat exactly totally. like and so I, I don't know sometimes I feel like we've we've lost a sense of how to like com- show compassion and care for each other and our differences like in this time there's a quote that I actually 
wrote down a while ago. Yeah. I'm going to just find out real quick, and yeah. it's about that. And it was, um, it was actually David Icke, which, whatever, probably has some controversy around him, but... I like. I actually like a lot of what he has to say about I'm, politics and stuff. I'm so, so bad at following David. names. I will like <laughs> even people I've read who've influenced me so much. I'm like I couldn't give you a name. I, so I David Icke is a little bit more of like on the kind of conspiracy theory stuff, but some oh. of his stuff is really legit, and some of it is a little bit like out there. But he's, he's a bit kind of there, famous yeah. in that sort of circle. I would say. I see. Well, okay. share the quote. Share the yeah. Quote. <laughs> so it's. The argument and the division the argument creates is the very thing that prevents freedom from ever being achieved. We place too much value on the written word and too much power in books and media and not enough power and value in ourselves and what we experience for ourselves. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely a big part of it. Like, um, your experience matters. I don't think someone else's opinion can, like, take away from what you've been through and how that's felt for you. But at the same time, like, I, oh, it's just such a, I think it's important to find such a balance. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's like take the ideas, but then make them integrate them into your own experience as well. So it's like, what he's, I think that quote means is like, we adopt the ideas and then the idea becomes truth. And if you don't have the idea, then we're not, a, then there's no truth. And I need to convince you of the truth. And until you see my truth and accept yeah. it, then we're, then nothing is true. So so it kind of is saying, like, yes, take in the information, but integrate it in a way that makes sense to you and then not feel like you need to teach everyone the same idea yeah. in order to get along with them. Everyone has different ideas in their head. Well, totally. and also, like you, like you said, um, take, take in the information and then be said, or don't take it in. You know, if you don't like it. And you think he's this or you think he's that. Like, nobody's yeah. oftentimes no one's forcing you to listen to it no. or forcing you to be interested in that type of thing, but you still want to listen to it and and then talk about how bad it is and stuff. It's like, if you don't like something and you you disagree with it, it's like, it's it's totally okay to just, like, not listen to it, too. Yeah, that's know? true. Some people get all like, no, I, he's not allowed, he shouldn't be allowed to talk and they shouldn't be allowed to have a platform and this person's spewing negativity so we have to remove them from the internet and I'm just like why don't you just turn off the internet and just stop listening to it yeah well I do think people might worry just because other people are listening and they I don't you never know like I guess for me even like especially when I talk about it's one thing for me to talk about my own experiences because like they're mine like it, it doesn't really matter but when I'm talking about like concepts or things bigger than myself I I am I oftentimes feel like I don't do it enough because I really like worry about the sort of impact that might come out of that um like even little conversations like I feel like that can that can go a long way that can really validate somebody or not or it can it can just be misinterpreted so much and like drive people more towards polarization so Mm -hmm. I do hope that everybody thinks about the impact that their words could have and do have but I just like I don't find that um well it's definitely the communication style of the ideas though it's so it's like it's like getting understanding who your audience is and like um what I don't know it's, it's just like the in the style of like non non-attack or like non-aggression yeah and like, um 
seeking to understand obviously is a big one yeah yeah or like just trying to find a, a middle ground and being as willing to listen as you are to learn. be heard yeah yeah, yeah and learn. which listening is actually a skill that um not a lot of people have <laughs> i'll be honest agree with that <laughs> yeah so um i've realized that in myself like i've i've been in in the past like in discussions and those that's how the conversation goes like I, I I need to talk I need to but what about this but what about that and like you're not even listening to each other it's like really slowing down and like yeah taking the, the time it's a like I totally had to develop that skill over time me too I think we all do like I would be super I mean I'm sure there are kids like this and maybe they're more in tune well actually probably yeah because like kids are so forced to listen all the time like their voices are so invalidated yeah, that they're they really kind are. of the fucking best listeners in the world oh I've seen so many parents like you know it's like they don't get enough credit for their ideas in a way it's like I know better than you listen to me like whatever you have to say and that's like, what they hear at done. school too in a daycare too yeah it's like a atmosphere of compliance mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and another thing is like the 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 way that we communicate with children is like um we treat them like they don't like they actually don't understand like we treat them like intelligently like they don't know things it's I don't know because we want to be assured that that we're justifying controlling them. Mm. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about, so I get to make every decision. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I my four-year-old, I was talking about my four-year-old today, and how he asked me, he's, like, very philosophical. I was telling this, my, one of my friends about him, and he was like, Mom, like, can you die this way? Like, like in a car, <laughs> can you die in, this, in a car crash? And I was like, yeah, like, you can die. And I try and explain, like, you might not die, but, like, yes, you definitely could. And then that, like, for, like, the whole week, he was, like, just obsessed with, like... The ways you could die. The ways you could die. Yeah. He asked me, he's like, <laughs> are you going to die? And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to die. But it's, like... Ah. Uh, so he's just, like, seeking out... So, so like, I don't know. I don't know how normal that is for a four-year-old, but, like... Oh, it is so it's, normal. Yeah. They're very curious, and they're, like, seeking to understand the world around them. He has, like, a million questions a day. He wants to understand, like, why boats sink and, like, what... Yeah. And, like, just, like, yeah, so allowing them the space to ask the questions and then spending the time explaining. I feel like parents, sometimes the kids' Don't. curiosity demands a lot of their attention and thought, and that oh, can yeah. be I feel like that's what I see a lot. It's just, like... Not laziness necessarily, but like I don't want to deal with this right now. They are exhausting. Yeah, (laughs) and it's (laughs) it's easier to be like I don't want to talk about it. Go do something else than to be like than to sit down and maybe have that conversation or to to try to take a a a moment that you could just tell them what to do and teach them what to do rather than just be like go do this. You could be like here's what you should do. Here's what you could do. Here's why you should do it. Mm -hmm. Like taking those moments to like really teach them instead of tell them. But most people don't do it because it's easier to just. Yeah, yeah, listen to me yeah. and just do what I say. Instead and of being like, you don't need to understand why. Here's why you should do it, and you should make that decision for yourself, and and well, don't do it because I told you to do it because you know it needs to be done, and mm-hmm. and here's why, and like some rationale, I guess, you know, like a little bit of kid rationale for them to be able to be like, oh, I should clean my room because it's make me feel better, oh, yeah, rather than like do it because I told you to. Yeah, kids yeah. definitely want reasons. Helping. I I really do get like where a lot of parents are coming from though, where they're like give me a minute, like, go, oh, like, totally. just figure it out, because something that I personally find with children is, like, 
their their desire and it's kind of like everybody's desire but children just like don't mask it as well as adults do they just have this desire that's like their desire for attention is completely bottomless oh, so yeah. it's like if you yeah. if you allow totally. it's like oh give your kids some attention of course of course i will i will right now if you let them they will take your attention for 24 hours straight mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a human being would like we yeah. all love attention but we know that that's not socially the best maybe yeah. at all times to demand of others so we don't really so much i try and children do and it's yeah. rare in my experience that they get sick of it what were you gonna say megan I feel that with, like, my kids, and I have to be, like, totally, okay, like, I need my time now, like, or, like, just being, like, this isn't. And I do think that's fair, too. Not that I'm a parent. Not sure I'll ever be a parent. But, like, I feel like a lot of people, especially women, are kind of expected to be, like, mothers first and, like, people second. Um, And I think, uh, I almost, like, I, I wish and I mourn the fact that it's not as common to, like, raise what the, oh, I like That's it. Hard. She's in the Hands are hard. Oh, I'm gonna take a picture for the for the podcast show. I wish we could still like raise. You know, it takes a village. Like, where's the village and the nowadays? Yeah, I it's a city it. now. It's not I know. Like, I I told Jenna this before, and like I I think I know myself well enough to know that if I were a single mother, I would be very bad. Like, I don't think that I should have a I don't want to say that. <laughs> I'm not sure I should have a child, though, if I was, like, alone, because I just know that I need my own time for me, or my patience is super low, and I can just be such an asshole, and kids aren't that sort of, they aren't that sort of people, so I need somebody to take them, like, once a day. <laughs> just for a while. Oh, I would lose See, my like, mind if like I had my kids every single day all the time. I feel like now that I'm getting older and more, like, sedentary, I feel like I'd be a better mom because I, like, I want to be at home. I want to sit and, like, do nothing for no reason. Yeah. And that's what kids love to do. And I just think now I'm getting a little bit older. I feel like I could actually, not that I would ever want to be a single mother or anything like that, but I feel like I, I would just... I would just be like, all right, kiddo, let's read a book. Let's do shit together. Let's be awesome and just you and me, kid. And I think that would be, that could be kind of fun. Kids are definitely fun. I definitely, like, we all plug our kids in a little bit, but I try and be controlled of programming so I can allow myself the the space and time, and then I always treat bedtime like a really, like, I'm present and here with you now, and then we talk about all the things, and... That's so nice. And, like, obviously we're affectionate, I get them to do chores and stuff, but I would say, at the beginning of being a single parent, I was like, it was, it was, it was a challenge for sure, I was like, um... Oh God! Like I dreaded like the three day, four. Mm-hmm. I dreaded the five day span actually, where I was like, oh my God! Like, and I didn't really like have friends at the time with like kids. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I was just like, and then it was COVID. Yeah. And then it was like they were so we they they watched way too much TV for sure at the beginning, and yeah. then slowly I was like trying to like fix all that. I had to like undo a bunch of stuff <laughs> where I was like ultra annoyed and like Whoa. totally like a like freaking out at them well, and it's like you said imagine the, kid, the kid will take up 24 hours of your time if they you let them will. so I can imagine yeah. having two well and even yeah. like my nephew and then you, they were fighting five too. minutes he'll stretch it out he'll be like oh and this oh and this and, oh and this oh and this and like insane. you really like, have to like refocus them on something different or, or they, they I think if I were to give him the attention he wanted he, like you said it'd be never ending yeah. so like you could be that doting attentive mom all the yeah. time but if it's never ending 
Everyone's it's not like you do it. Happen yeah. and they'll like their attention will shift somewhere else. Yeah, but, but it's not like you give just... them attention and then they're good for a while. It's like yeah. they just want yeah. more and more and more. Yeah. So you gotta like I think the emotional the energy it would take out of a person yeah, to be with them all yeah, a lot of stimulation. Yeah, so you need to like give them something else to focus on and then encourage them to continue to do it on their own. Yeah, and I think I would imagine an important or like a really like healthy way to parent would exactly be like teaching them how to you know hone their curiosity on their own and like hone their their need for attention by like having more than just their mom. Well, it's like <laughs> to you said communities and circles yeah, and stuff. Yeah, nice thing about, like, back. my nephew yeah. is that he has so many people around that it's not even that he gets babysat. They're just other people who will watch him for a time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like some people will take him out and do something with him. Some people just help him with his spelling. Some people do this and that. So it's not just like my friend's not just like, oh, I, I'm exhausted, somebody take my kid. It's like she has it kind of set up throughout the week yeah. that he does go with other people to do certain things. He'll go hang out with some dudes and do man stuff, play video games and guitar and things like that, and then he'll hang out with us girls and I think that's kind stuff. of a dream, but I also think that's, like, super rare. In it is rare, society. I think, yeah. It's rare because oh, community is yeah. dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, because everyone's so, like, in their little rabbit that's holes. That's awesome for him, though. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty he's lucky. lucky. He's got a huge network of people, men and women, who not only like tolerate him, but like enjoy, <laughs> like, enjoy him. Like a lot Isn't of people. Isn't that what we all want? <laughs> yeah, well, some people. Tolerance. Some people just merely tolerate their friends' kids. You know what I mean? They're like, That's oh, real. he's. I'll just tolerate him. It's all good. But like, people actually like really enjoy his presence and his time, and like like to take him and like treat him as if. He is like a kid of the village where it's like everyone's responsibility to make sure that he turns out right. And so like she's <laughs> just awesome. She's yeah. pretty lucky. And yeah. also she worked for it too. She created really good friendships and built up a sense yeah. of community. And well like, she's kind of like an awesome and amazing person. She's she like is, really yeah. bright and like yeah. hardworking, hardworking and smart and yeah. like likable and bright. Mm-hmm. So it's like So she, she attracts has, that. Yeah. And so she has good people in her life and so so yeah. He has, like, a really nice, well-rounded community Whereas already. a lot of people now, though, they just get married, and then they have their husband, and then they... Segregate themselves Segregate themselves from everything, <laughs> and they get together, and they watch shows at night, and they <laughs> remodel the their house, yeah. and they yeah. dream of Mexico, and... I'm sorry, I'm, like, cool. no. <laughs> like, like, a whole population of people, but I know that there's, like, a mundane thing that happens, and yes. then you, right, like you said, you just kind of... Cut yourself yeah, off. That's from. the norm. Is just I, to be in your little family unit. I yeah, think, and I wonder how much of that though is just like people's time being taken up from like work and then being like so exhausted. Like, Absolutely. I, I won't name yeah. names, but I know if they listen to this, they would know. I have a family member who like is such a smart, hard worker, and like usually works like sixty hours a week, probably. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like can just be so fucking exhausted that, like, I completely understand they're wanting to, like, just, like, hang out with their kids and, like, you know, watch movies when they can. And obviously, like, they go out and they see their friends when they can, but if that's, if that's all your life is kind of allowing you to have or the life that you've sculpted, like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of unfortunate that we give people those confines to work with and expect them to be able to... Well, do you think people then should reevaluate their life? Uh, <laughs> potentially, if that's not making them happy. Yeah, I, some people don't need the huge community. Some people, like, it's always nice, yeah. but some people are good with, like, just them and their kid and their yeah. husband. And I, 
I think yeah. part of it's hard too because like that job, like they're a lawyer, is like very demanding. Yeah. And if there oh, are, yeah, there are jobs sure. that I'm interested in that I would love and they fulfill me so much in certain aspects, but I know that they're really demanding and I feel like I have to sacrifice like um, you know, like all the really wonderful relationships I've built or, or cut them down majorly. Right. And and just with like the way that we're expected to spend our time and how much like I, I don't know if I want to say like, oh, you shouldn't do this thing that you love that stimulates you intellectually. I'm just like, let's stop fucking expecting so much of workers and just like recognize that I don't know, like the four yeah, day like, work week is a four day fucking work the week. The four day work week model is so cool. I, I would love to see I I, when I started, like, I used to work a lot as well, like, 50, 60 hours a week. Oof. Sometimes not, maybe, like, 40, but, like, I, when I reduced my work time, I was, like, I loved it. <laughs> I, like, I work part-time right now, and they were gonna, like, they gave me... 30 the, hours of 35 hours. Yeah, I think I do 28 hours, and yeah. when I got, like, when I found out that they were gonna make me a permanent employee, I was like, please don't put me full-time, please don't put me no. full-time, because I just won't enjoy it as much, I'll feel like I'm here all the time, yeah. I'll feel like when I get home I'm exhausted, I don't want to cook and do anything, yeah. so I, I love the part-time, I still do my other job too, but, like, I love that 28, 30 yeah. hours, that's good for me. It and kind of gives, time frees you, gives you time I, outside I can, of it. Yeah, I can and you still, still do energy. my project. I can still run my business. I can still see my friends and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. make bad decisions. So I have lots of time. And so I don't know if there's room in, like, a field, like, a lawyer. And there's always yeah. people that want to work. Like, they yeah. want to, like, work that much. And that's awesome. That like, is sacrifice, like, a few years, you know. Sometimes that's what it is. Like, yeah. especially with, like, lawyering. But then. Like it's, like, those first few years are the hardest. And then. But then in that too, like I feel like being tired is a bit of a mentality mm-hmm. as well because it's like, look, yeah. you've chosen this life. Mm-hmm. Are you accepting it? Does and like if you're accepting, then you go about it in a way that's energetically like aligned mm-hmm. with that. And, and so rather than drain you, you've like you're you're allowing it. And I know every session talks about right? the difference between sorry the difference okay. between tired the mood. And actually being tired, and there yeah. being like two totally different things for people yeah. are when, you, when you're actually tired, and when you're just in a tired mood because yeah. you're exhausted and cranky, and yeah. blah, 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 but you're not really tired. You're just yeah. in a tired mood. I like, see a lot of people. I, yeah. I, when the people I oh tired, I'm really tired. I'm like, oh yeah. Right. Especially when I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh, just tired. Is your life just tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually feel like I'm someone until like the past year who has really struggled with that so yeah. I do agree the last year of my life I feel like you both kind of know but for the I, for the for the listeners yeah. <laughs> um had yeah I mean for everyone I guess fuck is COVID but like I had a major breakup I moved across the country so into mm-hmm. a, a new-ish city and like it just made me reevaluate my shit and before I feel like I was always just like I don't know yeah making excuses yeah. kind of for like why I wasn't um, doing things that I wanted and like and yeah. like pursuing friendships with people that seemed really enticing to me, um, and I still I I don't feel like I've come to terms with like why I did that, but I've really grown past it, and it's mm-hmm. been so revolutionary. A lot of people don't even do things because they think, oh, that's going to make me tired. Yeah. Because I'm like that. Like, when I think about taking on another project or doing something else, I'm like, that's going to make me so that's tired. That's fucking work. <laughs> I like this. I, if, but also, my, it feels good to be tired. 
I, so, someone was like, like, why do you have so much stamina? Like, you're literally, <laughs> like, awake a lot, and, like, you do a lot of things, and, like, you're always, like, chatting and social, and, like, that's part of my personality, but, like, also... You also do things that you like, so yeah. it's not like you're exhausted from doing things you hate all day, you're... Yeah, you have, like, a, there's, like, a, a divine inspiration or whatever. Yeah. So when you're doing things, you're doing things because yeah. you want to, not because you have to. That's yeah, true. it's absolutely. Which is probably energizing. And then I'm, like, if I'm choosing to do this thing, I will never, and I, like, consciously, like, really, like, push past being tired. I'm just, like, you know, I'm going to choose this, and I'm not going to be tired. I can sleep for three it. hours. I'll sleep for three hours and like literally have a full day the next day. And yeah, complaining you know, about it, doing things and being a martyr about it, and being like, "Oh, I was up all night, you know. I just, <laughs> I, I never sleep, and I just, I'm totally just doing things all the time." And it's like, Someone, not, not you. I'm no, saying no. some people are like that, and you're like, "My mother, go to I literally don't think I ever hear you talk about being tired. Like, and me and Jen have talked about this too. Where like Megan has like basically crazy stuff that you're such a doer I feel like I've I never seen you not like either doing things and be like I'm gonna do this yeah <laughs> and then later you do it and, and I'm like, like are you coming for poker tomorrow and I'm like tomorrow too and Saturday I was like you're crazy yeah, yeah. last <laughs> week I, I was last week was very social but again I just got like so energized with like getting into different groups of people and then I'm like because I have so much to talk about and I really want to yeah. just like inspire people to like do do, do something or like do you, follow their passion and I will say it is inspiring like it's nice to be around people that are like this isn't tiring this is fucking great and I'm like oh yeah, yeah you're right <laughs> it is kind of great but do you consider yourself an extrovert um I yes now but like not I haven't wasn't always like my how did it, how did you come to be the extrovert you are now? Um, in times when I'm like mentally healthy, I'm extroverted. But I, my whole life was like I had one year in high school where I was like a really I feel like mentally the healthiest I ever was, and I was popular a little bit, and I was like doing it like on the leadership team, and I was like. And seeing assemblies, and I had a boyfriend on the basketball team, and like that's when I was like really extroverted. And then um, I just then I got like rejected. So in some ways, like bad things happen. I made bad choices, and then I felt, often found myself ostracized from my peers, hmm. and I became very introverted. Oh. And my personality was always like I always felt separate from people, and I didn't like a lot of people and I judged a lot of people and mm-hmm. so I was and when I did the personality test like the Myers-Briggs one right when I first moved here I had done it and I was an INFJ oh. I think and I've done it recently now it's an E and still F I think and I'm not in a P now I'm an ENFP I'm an INFP you know what's really funny when you do that test it says oh only like 2 or 4% of people are I and all your friends and all of my family everybody I know is an INFT or INFP or whatever it is on the thing it's like only 4% of people so just like me and my friends you attract you attract what you're similar to much of the time I suppose right we just don't hang out with INTPs yeah yeah, I'm, like, I'm kidding. They're great too. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's possible to change your personality, and obviously, there's. I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram. It's a personality test thing. Yeah, I'm a five. I'm a five. I think I I think I just recently did it because uh, 
Jenna was talking to me about something that yeah. wasn't that, but I thought it was. I don't know. I was talking about how I had to do it, and I still haven't. I still haven't done you gotta it. Yeah, do it. You're, not you're probably a four. Well, I'm they, say, they say you're not. I'm a four. <laughs> Maybe you're a three or something. No, I'm four. It's usually the artist. The artist they is a four. They say for the Enneagram one, you're actually not supposed to take a test. You're supposed to read through them and pick it yourself. Oh yeah. They say you're I not know. supposed to do a test for that one. Interesting. I remember. I don't know where. I heard that like a few different times when I, I was looking why. into it. Oh, thank you. Well, well, I'm just a bad mom. I'm no, like, they just kept drinking paint like, water. Drink so. paint water. You were drinking <laughs> paint water. No, these these. Oh, dogs. the dogs. That's still not good. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Uh, well, the reason I brought that up, I brought that one up because it um, does levels of health and it explains, so it goes like um, one through nine and like a nine is when you're at your best mental health and the personality right. that you exude. And then as you degrade, um, you like start having all these negative things. So I feel like maybe I'm like when you're in your mental health, you have a best way. And I think generally people yeah. are social. <laughs> To some extent, and if you're not yeah. liking being social, it's because that like, you don't want to be, you're not really yourself. Well, you know, your experience, like, from what you said of it made me think of, too, like, it seems like you got more introverted as your peers became less of a support group for you. So maybe introversion has a lot to do with just, like, are you finding your people? Like, if I'm, I think, like, I think that's what it if is. If I'm not with my people, yeah, you fucking exhaust me. Like, yeah. I don't know that I want to be here. Like, I will, and, like, it'll be fine, but I can't give you as much of my my time and my energy, and it can't be as authentic. Yeah. So that could be a big part of it, too. All the introverts just don't... They need their people. Well, I think what they say is, like, if you're an extrovert, you... You gain energy from being around other yes. people, and when you're an introvert, you gain you you re-energize when you're alone. Yeah. So like, I love socializing around the right types of people, and those people don't yeah. exhaust me. However, I don't like get energy from social settings. Like, the very rarely do I feel more energized. Even after a perfectly yeah. healthy, happy social setting, I'll mm-hmm. still feel tired. You mean like all social settings? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like pretty much anything I do that has to do with like anybody outside of my bedroom, I'm like, all right. <laughs> we're going out there but like my good friends like you guys it's like the level like I'm not I would be as exhausted after but, but like, you're still a little exhausted but, yeah. but still a little bit yeah like I don't like recharge from being around other people I like being around other people but yeah. when I'm already exhausted and at a low I don't want to be around other people because then I feel like that I'm giving sense. off a, a low negative vibration or whatever and I just don't want I hate for that to be what comes across so I usually wait until I'm fully energized then go socialize deplete my battery and just keep doing that over and over again yeah I guess well and see I'm a little it, it really depends more on the crowd for me but I actually feel like I'm more of an ambivert so maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's that maybe mm-hmm. it's that but uh yeah, yeah. it's interesting mm-hmm. yeah I'm for me and like my the way I the things that I talk about I pretty much talk very pa- like if I'm talking passionately or like I have a purpose yeah, like I'm, I'm finding like something to be excited about. Then it's like obviously exciting. But then I also can feel like I'm bad at like shutting up in some situations. <laughs> so I can feel like I can be like take over them, and that actually makes me insecure sometimes. Where I'm like, oh That's god, like word. maybe no one even wants any of this. That's like, so funny. I need to shut like, up. <laughs> I hate having to start a topic and so when people give me topics constantly I'm like thank god this is amazing. <laughs> this is such a load off my shoulders. Like please don't pause and make me have to think of something to say next like, <laughs> well and i've been in many and then i feel insecure about that because like they all oh, like they're doing so much work like it's probably annoying for them 
So like, you and Megan are soulmates. Certain social situations, if I am able to be my full true self and yeah. talk the way I want, say what I want, and like be my full personal, my f- full personality and character, that's way less depleting of my energy. Agree. If I can really just be myself, but if I feel like I have to, have and that like, comes with the right people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And finding being the right people, people and around people, I have to like think of what I'm gonna say. Yeah. And, like yeah. prepare yeah. and like mentally get myself right before I go in it's like I'm already exhausted from preparing for the interaction the interaction hasn't even happened yet (laughs) and so if I'm around the right people I can truly be myself then I definitely don't lose my steam as fast another thing that comes with like social situations is like understanding like being able to read people really well yeah because like you know I can like I'll catch if someone even glances and has a judgment I'll I'll notice it and I'll be like whoa (laughs) Oh my god, what have I done? I need to fix this. It's so, <laughs> so funny. It can be like, um, sometimes you can, sometimes I'll go into a social, like I was at a party once, at a, it was someone's birthday party, I didn't know everyone really well, and like the energy was just like, it was it was a, an amalgamation of people, and I was just like, like I don't I don't like this. So I was like, <laughs> I I will leave situations that I'm like, okay, this is not, this is not a vibe for me, yeah. <laughs> you know? I do it all the time, and I have no, I take no... And you shouldn't. Like, I don't care at all. Like, it used to be, like, like oh, I should do this, or I should do that, or people are expecting me, or, oh, I shouldn't leave, or whatever, but now it's like, I don't like it, I'm leaving. Yeah. Or, like, I don't want to go, and wild horses couldn't drag me there. Like, <laughs> I think now I'm at the point where it's like, I know if something's going to exhaust me and make me feel crappy after, so I just don't mm-hmm. do it. And even, like, things that aren't annoying or crappy, but even, like, when we went out the other night, the energy was just so different from the way I was feeling that I knew if I were staying, I, I wasn't doing it for me. I would have been doing it just to socialize. Mm. And so I was like, well, I could either, like, just ride my wave and go put on pajamas and, like, recharge <laughs> and relax, <laughs> or I could get on the wave that everybody else is on and, like, start dancing and being really outgoing. So it's, yes. like, in those moments you have to yeah. decide. You're like, am I going to stay and potentially do things that are, like, out of my character and not really like me. And that's me, not or good like, for you. Yeah, yeah and then that's, I'm, like, people-pleasing. Yeah, and then like pushing myself boundaries. to be more outgoing and being more friendly and doing that just because other people in the room are being like that. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's taken me many years to get to a point where I, like, realize I don't have to do that. I don't have to get on the wave that everybody else is on. I can just stay on my own wave and leave if I want or just stay on my own wave and stay. But I don't have to match everyone else's energy in the no. room, and that's a lot less exhausting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the nicest thing is just like always being able to find a person who can match your energy if you so want that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's I mean if you want to like or chill influence in your the pajamas. energy too. Like sometimes you can influence the energy depending on what other people are doing. Like maybe the party sucks and you're like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna switch gonna this up and you change the music and you turn a couple lights <laughs> so you can go ahead and energize the room too. Very true. Or you can just leave and go party in your bedroom. Uh, there isn't really a wrong way to do it as long as I think you're like into yourself. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Respecting your needs. Okay, I've made no For progress. For some reason, but... uh, oh, mm-hmm. you, no, you've made progress on your painting, yeah. Why don't yeah, you think you have? Because well, I didn't really do too much shading, I just fucked my hand up and then and then they yeah. filled in the background. <laughs> That's okay. That's what needed to take to get to the step. And the background has made time. a lot of like beautiful contrast. Well I think I want the background I'm gonna do some like um flowery type thing. I mean maybe head like a flower. Oh, and then I wanna cool. throw glitter on. Oh yeah, yes. that sounds good. I'm actually really impressed by your painting. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't know you had a skill like that. <laughs> I didn't know you had a skill. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying to these 
because I feel like I don't hate that much, but if I were to sit down and practice, I think I could be really good. Well, we've been kind of hanging out and doing it, so... Um, Every single podcast will be painting. <laughs> hey, like painting with the gals. And we've actually been allocating like girls' nights and things like that Yeah, for like wholesome sort of things. Um, Fuck yeah. Just to like, again, back. Okay, so we're at, we're about time to wrap it up. So I guess oh, that. Damn, okay. Well, full circle fun. back to the circle conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like sitting in, in a circle like this, even just and having. An outlet, a creative outlet, where you're not just like drinking and talking mm-hmm. about stupid things, yeah, <laughs> like uh, gossiping. Let's say I just yeah. feel like you can elevate <laughs> discussions. Well, we still gossip. A no, I said I'm drinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have I had some coffee. It's wholesome drinking. We are going to a dance party after this. Oh, where are you going? Oh yeah, we're gonna go to a dance party. I'm not gonna. Did you know? It via the podcast, you're invited. Christina's like, "Fuck, I wanted to go put my pajamas on." Maybe you'll another one of those choices. This one's gonna be fun. Tell me after. Tell me. After. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to a secret dance party. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>